everyone. Welcome back. Hello. 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 Don't know is I, Judith, and of course the beautiful co-host Corey. We are your hosts of Tinseltown Tea, where we bring you each week um, our personal journeys of trying to make it into the entertainment industries as writers. And we just go ahead and bring you all the resources, honey. We bring you some interviews sometimes. Um, We definitely bring you the news every time. And we honor those um, currently past or any, any person who honestly in the industry, and not just any person, black or brown, person in the industry making waves, whether you're a director, writer, producer, photographer, costume design, whatever it is, we'll give you a shout out in our last segment of the show called Niggas You Should Know. So with that, we're going to get started with it. Corey has our Would You Rather this week, so take it away, sis. (laughs) So our Would You Rather is just based off of real life right now, which is tired. So, oh, I'm sorry, oh God. would you rather have to sleep all day and then when you have to get up and do stuff, it's like, have you ever been tired where it's like you are literally, can't you open your eyes? Yes. You still have to do something? Yes. Would you rather that be a situation or you have to be awake all day and then when you try to like sleep, you it's like sleep. difficult as hell. Yeah, I already am um, a person that has, sleep has escaped me always for some reason. Um, And I'm on top of that, an early riser. It's just like my eyes are always up at nine o'clock. I don't care if I was up at 3 a.m. My eyes are like, boop, 9 a.m., here we go. So I would much rather be so restful that it's just so hard to wake up than to be like up all like I remember all nighters in college and it is not for me anymore. It is not my ministry. I don't know how people do it. I don't even know how people work the night shift. God bless you. Those long hours. Shout out to our first responders and all that people who work those crazy hours. Like I I can't. So I would rather be asleep. <laughs> I would rather that. Be up. Child, just eyes wide, bloodshot, bags under. Oh no! Mm-mm. I am opposite. I hate like if I'm sleepy and I can't function. I would rather because I be up. I be up all night anyway. So I'm like, shoot, I can be up all day and do little shit. You know, this is great. Yeah. Imagine how much I would get done. I would be Beyonce. <laughs> Two years. If I yeah could stay up. Mm-hmm. Maybe Beyonce. Beyonce. I'll just get some Botox on my eyes, you know. <laughs> you live in LA. You live in LA. I'll get some little, what the girls get in the Botox or whatever, you know. Pop out, whatever the fuck. They be doing all types of shit. I'll do it too. <laughs> True. And, uh, yeah. I would just have to live my life that way. Hey, listen, I'm not mad at you. Yeah, I'm not mad at you. But, yeah, I'm going to be drowsy looking crazy. <laughs> Ooh, yeah. Ooh, yeah. All I'll right. be oh. one centimeter open. Have a centimeter open. <laughs> Either way, we both look crazy. <laughs> you both look insane. <laughs> That's just life, you know? You know? 
my god gotta find that balance but now that was a good would you rather actually Ooh, really good all right um moving right along um to the no better do better um this section um or segment if you don't know um this is where we just share sort of tidbits that we've learned uh resources tricks of the trade or just some encouragement you know it's hard out here it's you know as we've seen on instagram and me and, and Corey have talked about this before the earth is very ghetto it is very ghetto right now and ghetto. you know we all want to leave um and I, I don't know when that will happen but since we're here maybe if we just a few of us can show each other love and some encouragement maybe we can make it a little bit better even on this year 2021 so my no, uh, my no better, do better, is just encouraging everyone, especially the writers, to uh, get a writing routine in place. And really, I'm telling on myself because I really need to implement this. But a lot of people have, you know, professional writers have said the more you have a routine, a set time. Yeah. you will be able to be better at your craft. And that's with anything. If you're going to the gym and you're trying to run a marathon, you got you to gotta practice the running. You got to practice whatever that craft is. So that's what um, writing yeah. schedules do. And they're very helpful. Um, I was looking at a blog from Michelle Cornish. She's a writer. And I'll share the link in the um, description so everybody can have it. But she did a really good article about writing schedules. It doesn't matter if you are you know, writing a book, if you are writing a script, if you are writing short story, usually a schedule will help you. So number one, is it's easy, you know, block out your time, plan ahead and make sure you track your progress. Um, and that helps you to see how you're doing along the way. If you learn like, okay, I am not a morning person. I need to write at night. That's just the time that I get in the flow of things. So Work with the flow, work with your natural uh, rhythm of things. Um, and if you set a routine and really adopt a mindset of making time as opposed to finding time, because sometimes we just, we just that busy, but if we're dedicated to something, we make the time to do it and, and we have to be committed to doing it. So yeah, so with anything, make sure you get a routine. Um, one thing about the routine that's helpful too, if you have a designated spot, that you always write at. And I think there's been scientific studies that show like the, if you do something like over a long period of time, like over like 15 times, it starts to become a routine as opposed to a, just something that you randomly do. Your body will start to pick it up and you will start to get in the habit of doing it. So yeah, so just encouraging everybody. Um, I know we have our writing goals and we, you know, we wanna write that book, we wanna write that script. Make sure you have a writing schedule. Yeah. Life, as you see, anything can happen <laughs> all the time. Anything can happen, whether it's personally, you know, some people have kids. We all have emergencies that pop up sometimes. We, you know, we're changing jobs, you know, everything is moving and shaking. So if you have a set routine that you stick to, uh, it will help you with uh, reaching your goals. So, yeah, that's my no better do better this week, y'all. Yes, I completely agree. We also have an episode about like creating writing schedules too. Check that out if you haven't. And yeah, get a little schedule together, but also leave it live to a little bit. Um, yes, yes, yes. That's my tack on the no better, do better. 
have your schedule, but also try to be present. Mm-hmm. And sometimes, you know, say fuck routine. Sometimes we got to do that. Yep. Sometimes, Very much so. Because, you know, so the world is getting a little bit and it's been cray cray ever since I think it was formed. Um, <laughs> but <laughs> in recent years, it's gotten cray cray, cray cray. So mm-hmm. we're doing four cray crays now. Oof. So, you know, make sure that you're still like, being present, just enjoying little moments here and there. Mm-hmm. And if that happens like while you're writing, that's okay. So just find that balance between being like disciplined, but also like just enjoying this experience while we hear child cause yeah. <laughs> Oh yeah. <laughs> that is our no better do better. Yeah. Thank you, Judith, for that. Now we're going to move on to um, our news segment. So most of our articles, as you know, are from Shadow and X because they be talking about black folks. And that's what we talk about here. So we believe it. So we support our own and that is what we are going to be doing always. Mm-hmm. So we have to that. And still. So we're going to start off with Malcolm and Marie. Mm. So this is a little quarantine movie that was shot, um, I think, towards like the beginning of quarantine of last year now. So far away. And it is starring um, Zendaya and John David Washington. You guys may know him. Oh, yes. Daddy is um, Denzel, one of the best actors Mm -hmm. of... uh, of all time, I think. I think he's up there. That's a scene. of any race. That's a he's song. one of the best. Mm-hmm. Not just one of the best black. He's one of the best of any race. I, in my opinion. But <laughs> curious. <laughs> his son is out here making a name for himself as well. So um, I think Zendaya first broke the news about the movie being made last year, mm-hmm. and then Netflix broke the news because they be swooping, swooping and catching. And they broke that they were going to be the ones that were going to premiere it mm-hmm. and it will be out next month. So now they finally dropped the first trailer and it's going to be a noir film. So it's in black and white. Cool. Mm-hmm. And it is written and directed by Sam Levinson, who I believe created Euphoria. So if you like Euphoria, then expect it to be like that. Um, so description is bride director Sam Levinson teams up with Zendaya and John Dave Washington for an achingly romantic drama in which a filmmaker who is John David Washington and his girlfriend Zendaya return home following a celebratory movie premiere as he awaits what's sure to be imminent critical and financial success. Evening suddenly takes a turn as revelations about the relationships begin to surface, testing the strength of their love. So it was the first feature film to complete production during the pandemic. Took yeah. place from June 17th ooh, through July 2nd. That's the longest wow. time. Yes, the Caterpillar House, described as an environmentally conscious glass architectural marvel in Carmel, California. The set was compliant with WGA, DGA, and SAC AFTRA approvals and COVID-19 safety protocols and strict safety guidelines. Mm, very so I just want to throw that in there and let you hope okay. know, okay? Mm. Not playing with COVID. 
Okay. Um, so yeah, once Sam Levinson, who, like I said, is the creator, and I think he literally writes all the episodes of Euphoria, well, he was told that Euphoria season two had to shut down. Then they mm-hmm. called him one night during the quarantine and asked if he could write and direct a film during quarantine. Okay. I don't know why she did that, but okay, girl. Um, <laughs> it was funded by Sam Levinson's production partner and wife, Ashley Levinson. Okay, so she okay. got the Come on. Why funding my project? Come on. So, um, <laughs> also funded by Kevin Turin, um, John David Washington, and Zendaya. Okay, so they all put in money. Yep, yep. yep. Um, Yerib Nilsson and Michael Schaefer also came on board to support financing and wanted to donate their proceeds um, for charity, as charity. Okay. And Kid Cuddy is also an investor. Okay. Okay, Kid Cuddy. I see you. my husband. Yeah. I love him. Um, all three executive producers are on the project with Aaron L. Gilbert, Will Greenfield, John Dave Washington, Zendaya, Katia Washington. I wonder if she's related to the Washingtons. Um, Harrison Creese, Stewart, Manishill, and Kenneth Yu also co-executive produced. So, okay. So if you, I, I've seen the trailer. I watched it like twice. Let us know what you guys think think um because the only thing that people had to go off was the pictures but now you have a trailer and i watched the trailer it seemed very dramatic okay it's very Mm euphoria-esque um gonna give it a whirl um but still waiting to see if i because in the trailer i didn't really see too much chemistry between the two leads interesting uh, i think they're the only ones in the movie the entire time so mm. um zendaya and john david washington but like i said i'm gonna give it a whirl and hopefully another trailer will convince me but mm-hmm. um either way support okay. i know people were saying like he sounds just like his daddy and he does <laughs> he sounds just like his daddy when he was yelling because there's obviously a lot of yelling going on in the movie and i said what you <laughs> I was like, what? Wait a minute. Because I was, I think I had started looking at something else. And then yeah. I was like, didn't see the movie too? I said, oh, it's John David. <laughs> <laughs> so be prepared to be like, what? Yeah. And then be like, oh, okay. It's yeah. So shout out to them, though, for doing a whole ass production during quarantine. And sis was just like, can you make a movie for me? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Yes. And he said, bet. And yep. uh, they made it happen. Talk about execution. I but know. also, these people got money, so. <laughs> I, I know they call it the streaming services. They're like, okay, we already know. This yeah. should be with Netflix. Okay. As soon as that first look drops, as soon as a picture, as soon as I think Zidane had posted a picture of during filming. I think as soon as she posted that Netflix said, tell her. <laughs> Us. Period. How about we do? Yes, yeah. we want to do it. Yes, us. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, don't play with Netflix, okay? Because they don't, they don't play. Okay. So next we have Raven Goodwin, who I absolutely adore. She is going to be playing Hattie McDaniel Daniel in a biopic. Oh, nice. So the biopic is called Behind the Smile. She was the so Raven Goodwin was most recently in the Clark Sisters. Um, I think it was a series. Either way, it was super. Yeah, and it was limited series on Lifetime or movie Queen Latifah. Yeah, it was on Lifetime. Mm-hmm. And 
the gals loved they really that Clark they Sisters really. limit series. Okay, when I tell you. Mm -hmm. So um, she is going to be playing the iconic uh, groundbreaking actress who was the first black person to win an Oscar. Ooh, ooh. Queen. So Queen, she is playing the Queen, Hattie McDaniel. The film is being produced by Jamie McCoy Lankford of Hillionaire Productions and Global Genesis Group, with the latter also handling the film's sales. Interesting. Um, so the script was written by Gregory Daniel, a director is not yet attached. Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, and McCoy Langford put a statement out and said that Raven Goodwin is such a phenomenal talent and the gift of the project. We know that. Mm -hmm. um, in our first meeting on Zoom, she already showed the kind of passion that is befitting such a complex and iconic character as Hattie McDaniel was. So we say, um, last year, McDaniel was portrayed in Ryan Murphy's Hollywood by Queen Latifah. Oh, yeah. I I remember that. She That's who she was supposed to yeah. be. Yeah. I'm shook. Yeah. I had no idea. Mm-hmm. Wow. Okay. So she was supposed to be Hannah McDaniel. Oh, okay. It all makes sense out. Yeah. This shows you I don't be watching stuff like that. She has to be on the phone. <laughs> missing important ass shit. And then we'll watch the whole thing and not know that something was supposed to be that way. <laughs> and it was closer. Shout out to I binge watched it too. So it was closer to the end. So you'd have to see the whole oh, okay. series, yeah. Got it. Mm -hmm. So shout out to Sisto for securing the bag. Congrats. I'm excited. I mean, we love a good story about a black icon. And uh, yeah, happy. I think it's a great choice of casting. Yes. In my opinion. And a clear step up for her. So get your coin, sis. Yes. She's She's been killing the game. And she's not going to stop, okay? Amen. She said, critically acclaimed is all I do. That's all I do. <laughs> so, let's go. Hi. Mm -hmm. So, I think we talked about this before, but uh, there's a Punky Brewster ugh, revival. That's um, revival I did. Yeah. So, it um, it's going to premiere on February 25th on the Peacock. Okay. The first, which is, I think, NBC's streaming service. Everybody got one now. Yeah, true. And the first season is 10 episodes. They're all going to drop at once, which is usually how it works in streaming episodes. So why do you say that? Mm -hmm. The original, <laughs> the official description is, in this continuation of the iconic 80s sitcom about a bright young girl raised by a foster dad, Punky is now a single mother of three. Why she got to be a single mother? trying to get her life back on track when she meets Izzy, who is a young girl in the foster system, who reminds Punky a lot of her younger self. So why do you always tell me everybody's single mother? Because when they when they brought back Dr. Raven, they made her a single mother a lot. Single mother as in, like, she was widowed? Or single mother as in, like... I don't, and most of the time it's not widowed. Most of the time it's they just a single mother. And yeah. it's like, can we just show some family units? You're right, please. <laughs> Please. For once, I would like to see that shit. Yeah. Especially if it's like a kid show, dang. So, um, so, so, oh God. So, mm -hmm. so Lil Moon Fry, okay, who plays Punky, and Cherie Johnson, who plays Cherie, 
reprise, yep. reprise their original roles. They are joined by new series stars, Freddie Prince, Prince Jr. Oh, Freddie Prince Jr. Yeah, I remember him. Yeah. Prince, who is, he used to be famous. <laughs> he's still famous, I guess. Yeah. But he used to be popular in uh, the 90s. Now he's. Yeah. I think it was in that movie, She's All That. Yes. That, yeah. He married uh, Sarah Michelle Geller, who was Buffy. Yeah. Mm hmm. I don't really know what he's doing now, but glad he booked the gig because <laughs> I haven't seen him. Hey, right. Um, okay, so she's he's playing the ex-husband to Punky. Quinn okay. Copeland plays Izzy. Noah Cottrell plays Diego. Oliver De Los Santos plays Daniel. And Lauren Lindsay Donziff plays Hannah. Don't know who any of those people are, but right. if you want to watch it, you're going you to see. So okay. the series is written and executive produced by Steve and Jim Armagada. Guess they're related brothers. Mm. Um, and Fry, who is Punky, serves as executive producer alongside original series creator David Ducklin and Jimmy Fox of Main Event Media, which is an all three media America company. Okay. So that is going to be on the Peacock February yeah. 25th if you are interested in seeing that. Yeah. And it sounds like Freddie Prince, if Freddie Prince Jr. is the ex, maybe uh, they got a divorce but he's still like a part of the kid's life or helping with fostering i'm straight <laughs> but it's like is she a single parent if the dad is in the life of the kids i guess it i guess it's how you define it because if because to me it's like okay you're because i've known people who are divorced but they still co-parent, but they would consider themselves a single parent. But meaning they're just not married, but they're still co-parent. So I guess that's how you see it. Single parent is you do it the shit by yourself. All oh, by yourself. Yep. Be out here. That's, that's definitely a single parent that I know of. Yeah. They be out here doing it. They ain't no daddy. They <laughs> yeah. But, um, okay. And that's been with okay. Ooh. So next, okay, Lashana Lynch, who I believe has something to do with, she's I think she's gonna be the the uh, female 007. I oh yeah, so her, mm -hmm. I remember her picture. She's also gonna be starring as Miss Honey in Netflix's Matilda musical film. Hey, now we can bring back Matilda because that that was right. a good ass movie. I don't give a fuck. That was a great okay. movie. <laughs> I, tell you, I watch that every month. I watch it every month. It's so good. Trunchable, man. Play with me. Loved it. <laughs> it was so good. And I'm looking at her picture, this picture they have up on her, and she just gives me Miss Honey all the way. Oh, that's, honey. Oh, that's so good. Oh, awesome. Heart. But they're making it into a musical. Whoa. <laughs> I cannot. Like, I can only do. There's only some type of musicals I can do, child. I'm not a musical gal. It's funny. That's See, it's like Disney. Is it Disney? Is this with. Um, no, it's going to be on Netflix. Okay. See, I was like, because if they had. So it's just to be. Because if they had Lynn Manuel. It's going to be Broadway esque. Okay. Oh, yeah. They had him, but they do not. They do. Okay. They have. <laughs> Dennis Kelly, who wrote the play for Broadway, he's going to write the script. Okay. So it's probably going to be super uh, Broadway-esque, which yeah. might turn me off because I'm not a play girl. 
theater girl at all. Did you like Glee? Because I think it was good, mm-hmm. not as musical. Uh, yeah, that's true. I feel you. I'm gonna be lit. That's how I know. Um. Yeah. So, oh. David Star. Okay, so it is adapted from hit. Okay, so it is gonna be adapted from the Broadway musical, directed by um, the stage productions director Matthew Warchus. Um, Tim mentioned. I don't know who any of these people are, but just in case y'all care, we'll provide lyrics and music. Okay. And. Uh, they will be producing with the Ronald Dahl Story Company's Luke Kelly because it is based off of Ronald Dahl's book. And Ronald Dahl was my nigga, okay? Hopefully it wasn't problematic, but no. I like that white man. I read all his books, okay? Yeah. I'll tell you, I read all of them Yeah. But super excited yeah, to see like, her guys until it was that that motherfucking movie like yeah i didn't even know it was on broadway so good for them me either and apparently it was a hit i mean i don't not apparently of course it's a hit mm-hmm. <laughs> it's matilda bitch i can't name one person within like i don't know i can't name one person who didn't like matilda me either. Yeah, every all my friends were like, "Matilda, Matilda's that shit." We're like, yes, she was. And Danny DeVito playing her dad. Remember that? She was the only one that liked to read. Her family was like, "Why are you reading? Throw that shit in the trash." I was like, "What?" Her family was so horrendous. <laughs> they, were, they were ghetto. I absolutely adore them. So <laughs> like, oh my god. She's like, I would like. Y'all are so ghetto. I would like to be something in the world. They're like, shut the fuck up. We're gonna sell these cars. Like, I'm gonna sit your ass down, eat this damn TV dinner in front of this TV. Shit. <laughs> trying to read books. Yeah, shit. Sit your ass down and be an idiot. <laughs> You're gonna be straight the trash like us. If only it was rated R so they could say that. Shit. Shit your ass down. That would have been so weird. Yeah, I, I, I'm gonna need the songs to be on point. That's all I know. If we're yep. gonna do a musical route, I, I need to have the soundtrack downloaded after I watch because I was, I was bumping them shit. Okay. So, and they better have her mom sing a song. Her mom was hilarious to me. <laughs> she was so tacky. She was like one of those bitches who was Ooh. so tacky, oh. but thinks she's so luxe. <laughs> like she thinks she's so bougie, but she's oh really god. like tacky as fuck. Oh my god! And like all the like, bitch, you're really just a tacky ass like <laughs> Taylor trash bitch. But she like she thought she was so bougie. Oh. I yeah I, I love I love the family though they were trash but I like them. Ooh, my God, get together. Matilda mm-hmm. coming to we don't have any other details except that it's gonna be a musical and Lashana Lynch is playing Miss Honey. So okay. I wonder if the girls are gonna be mad because she's black. Like, I feel like Miss Honey can do anything. <laughs> well, with the with the way this world is today, honey. I will not be surprised if there's a t- Twitter uprising, just like they they did an uprising on the motherfucking Capitol. They uprising because of Miss Honey. She's supposed to be white, that name. Okay. But who the fuck said they casted her as white because they casted everybody white back then? Yes. That's the only reason she was white in the movie. Period. And of course, that little black girl stole the show. She was so cute. Mm, oh my god she's so adorable with those glasses and her eyes are magnet she was so adorable 
and she had such a little lady voice like her yeah. voice was like a little lady to me it was so raspy and like mature I was yeah. like, this is adorable coming from you <laughs> all the while i'm like about the same age as her Thomas, and you're so cute <laughs> she is while i was watching it like shut the fuck up you grown-ass lady you know living her best life i'm praying i'm hoping Woo. I think I think she resurfaced maybe last year or two years ago because somebody found her oh, as an nice. adult and she's a baddie. So. I mean, gorgeous. I'm not surprised. <laughs> yeah, baddie, super classy, mm. and yeah, we still stand. I don't know what happened to the girl that played Matilda though. She was in a bunch of shit back then. Oh, but yes, that was like I don't her, know exactly. her little time. Yeah, she was in uh, Miss Doubtfire. Yeah, she was the youngest one. Oh, Miss Doubt, also another classic, Miss Doubtfire. She was just a good actor, little actress though. Yeah, she was. Hold on, I, I really want to see what happened to her real quick. So yeah, and I hope she's stacked. Mar, her name is Mar Wilson. Okay. Okay, so she's thirty three now. She's mm-hmm. not even. She's young as shit. Oh yeah. Still. Um. What did she do? Okay, so she 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 is do does a little bit of TV stuff. Okay, kind of not really. Okay, but she does more like web stuff, interviews, and all that jazz. Look for her. Does some writing. So shout out to her because she had her time. Yeah, she did her time. Okay, so the last news story is about uh, Bridgerton star Reg Jean Page, mm-hmm. who um, is the black guy in Bridgerton. I mean, um, we ain't watch Bridgerton like that, so I can't. That's all I can tell you. He's the black nigga that's on the covers mm-hmm. of Bridgerton. Yep. Um, I believe he's the dude that she likes, maybe mm-hmm. the white girl likes. Yeah. I watched up to season six of season six episode six and yeah so he's um her main love interest but he's they actually agreed to date each other if you will so it looks like she's a viable and wanted woman uh of Bridgerton if you will um and he's standing in to kind of make the guys come to her so that she can really find a viable one but of course he's kind of what they call uh i don't know if they said scamp or whatever but it was like one of those olden time for a fuck boy and um and right so but he ends up they both surprise surprise end up falling in love with each other but there's a tug of war with feelings and status and where they are in life and all this stuff so yeah the girls love it i think it's okay you know um but it's really getting a whole bunch of reviews people love it and the main honestly i'm just he's fine that's all i take away from um that whole show is that this motherfucker this acting motherfucker is very fine and he can act too you know yeah (laughs) yeah he is Star Bridgerton, Res Jean Page. Um, but there are rumblings that he could star as James Bond, which I Ooh, I could see that. Yeah, um, because he's been, he's been having his his day. 
Mm -hmm. He was in Sylvie's Love, which is what we were reviewing for this episode, as um, one of the people in the band. And then now he jumped Mm -hmm. to lead status in Bridgerton. All right. Now, well, first of all, thank you for the news, Corey. That was great. Um, Now that we are all cut up, caught up. I said cut up. Lord help me. Now that we are all caught up, uh, we're going to get to our main segment. And just like Corey said before, um, this week we are doing a movie review. So uh, we wanted to start off with a wonderful, I already give it away. Clearly I like the movie, but um, the movie that we're reviewing this week is Sylvie's Love. If you're not sure, um, it is on Amazon Prime. And I'm going to read you the log line so you guys have uh, understanding kind of what it is. So Sylvie has a summer romance with a saxophonist who takes a summer job at her father's 1950s recording store in Harlem. When they reconnect years later, they discover that their feelings for each other have not faded with the years. So this movie is starring Tessa Thompson, who stars as Sylvie Parker. Then we have Namdi Asamoa as Robert Holloway. These are the two main characters. We have Aja Naomi King as Mona. Um, If you don't know Aja, she's amazing. Um, I believe she's in How to Get Away with Murder, correct? And uh, I think she was in Dear White People, but I might be confusing her. I think she might've been in the movie with Tessa. Um, and, oh, okay. Yeah, but I'm going to double check for y'all before I uh, tell Laws out here. Um, and excuse me, Roger Jean Page, uh, he plays Chico's uh, Sweetney, Sweetney. Sure. But he's the um, main black in Bridgerton, the finance man there. Um, we also have an appearance from Eva Longoria. I mean, okay work um tone bell who is a comedian he plays dickie brewster who is in the band with um namdi who is the main uh saxophonist play uh and he plays robert holloway and of course we were talking about this earlier which is a little weird but we do want to put a disclaimer out there uh mc light is in the film as mickey but we don't remember seeing her so hey if you guys watch this movie let us know where she is we want to give her a shout out and honestly see her work and growth she was in bad hair um and she did a great job in that so we want to make sure that we uh properly give her her flowers for her acting gig so let us know where you see her because we want to find her um, oh, also a notable person in here was uh, Ron Funches. If you're in the comedy wor- world, he has his own podcast. He's in a lot of other uh, shows, but he played uh, a character named Tank. And we're going to get into uh, his part of the whole movie. So um, we're just going to start. Uh, the way we're going to go through this is we're going to do an overall how both me and Corey liked it. We're going to talk about the actors and the characters interchangeably. We're going to talk about the plot. Um, we're going to talk about any themes that we saw. And we're going to talk about the tone. And uh, and we're still going to give another, just to summarize an overall, um, you know, review for you gals, if we recommend or we, we say skip out. So, yes. Um, how did you feel overall story? What did you think? I stand. I freaking loved it. I mean, it was, it gave me drama. It gave me romance because I love good romance. A bitch cried multiple times pretty much throughout the whole thing. 
because I just fucking love a good love story and I love that we were seeing a black love story that was not toxic with no baby mama this, baby mama that. Mm. Um, and it was just, it was beautiful. Like there was no, it was, yeah, I mean, it showed a real love story. I mean, obviously, you know, it was very romantic mm-hmm. at times because it's, it's a period piece from the 50s. So, but they did show, you know, struggles between the two because mm-hmm. it's never perfect, yeah. but it was never like, it, it never felt toxic or like a bad representation of black love it was a beautiful representation of transcendent black love um i absolutely adore see i i see saying i hate period pieces but i actually hate period pieces that happened before like the 1920s so <laughs> <laughs> that a bitch is into so i love the time period um yeah i i loved it i enjoyed all two hours of it okay. and um, I want to see what else happens. <laughs> I'm like, can we get a sequel? I'm just like, <laughs> I'm life in Detroit. Yeah. Um, and yeah, everything was, it was great. It was yeah. so needed and whew, loved it. Absolutely adored it. Yeah, I know. I'm, I'm totally with you. And I forgot to men- mention earlier, you guys, the director is Eugene Ash. Um, and, uh, I, and he also wrote it. And it was... It was beautiful, just like Corey said. It was a nice, uh, like, nostalgic depiction of Black love that I felt like I've never seen. Um, They did such a great job with, it is a period piece. And not only is it like a period piece, but it's also shot as if the movie were shot like a 1960s film. It still felt like modern and fresh, but it was there, like the filter that they had, um you know costume set design on point like mm-hmm. could have i mean if they were wrong could have fooled me um and it was it was beautiful again like you said it wasn't toxic black love which is portrayed a lot it was a love story where it the chemistry felt genuine like it really like brought up all the feels um and also there wasn't this huge tragedy waiting to happen um yeah. You know, I think uh, with Black love stories, and when I say huge tragedy, there was some tragedy, if you will. The characters went through an up and down, if you will. But yeah, that's normal. And we see that a lot in rom-com, or not rom-coms, but romantic dramas starring white people or non-Black and brown people. Um, But this is a love story that had nothing to do with oppression um, if it was anything to do with oppression, it had to do with their own personal story. No one was getting beat down by the cops. Nobody, there wasn't this overarching theme of struggle or anything like that. It was a genuine love story set in this time. And I truly enjoyed it. It truly, you know, turned my, uh, dark little heart back to pink again. And, um, yeah, it was, it was really well done. So overall, I agree with Corey. It was a super well done movie, and I think I'm gonna watch it again too because it it really, it really has a great shot. So yeah, again on Amazon Prime, it's there and available right now. It feels like everybody in the world got Amazon Prime. Girl, Jeff Bezos is collecting all the checks, child. Even though Elon surpassed him, but that's rich people shit. Anyways, um, so yeah, back to the movie. 
Um, so we're going to go through um, the little parts that we're trying to review in this movie. So actors and characters. How did you feel about the acting? How did you feel about the characters? Did you have a favorite character? Was there a scene that you thought popped out? Go for it. Um, my favorite character was, of course, Namdi, who played Robert Halloway because fine. Super fine. Um, but also Kerry Washington's husband, so let me chill, but also fine. Um, and I just, I thought everyone, um, really embodied their roles. Um, it was beautifully cast. Um, some great cameos by people. Was very excited to see Ryan Michelle Bath, who is Sterling K. Brown's wife. She's talented and, um, always excited to see her and stuff. Um, Tessa Thompson was great. Like I said, Namdi was great, of course. Mm-hmm. Um, Eva was great. Rejean was great. Mm-hmm. Everyone was great and played their role as they should. I love that everyone gave their character a personality and everyone really, like, really dove into their characters and made them, you know, distinct. So I love how Tessa played her character. Mm-hmm. She reminded me of, like, a very, like, quirky like nerdy um Lucille Ball and I I don't know if that's what she was going for but it was that's what she gave me like that's who she how she played her character and I loved it I was like oh my god she was so cute she was very like prim and proper but also she was super quirky I thought she was really really quirky and it wasn't like an annoying did you try to be a quirky type of way it was like a very endearing way so I don't know if she was trying to play her character like that Pretty sure she was. She did a damn good job. Yeah. Um, and then I love Namdi, who played love interest Robert Hol- Holloway. Mm-hmm. Um, loved it. He played a very quiet but strong character, but still very charismatic. Mm-hmm. Um, but still very calm. Yeah. So he really brought like this this uh, just like quiet strength to his character, and he really did that. Yes, he did. And everyone else, like I loved Aja Naomi King's character, Mona, which is her cousin. Everyone was 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 great. Um, and like I said, beautifully cast. I couldn't imagine anybody else playing these roles, but the people that played them. So shout out to the casting directors. They did the damn thing. Shout out to the writers. Yes. Or Eugene wrote the mm-hmm. whole thing. So mm-hmm. shout out to him. And if anyone helped them, shout out to them because they really yep. made some beautiful characters really and the did. actors really brought them to life. So great job on that all around, in my opinion. Yes, 100%. I would have to agree. I think, just as you were saying, I think Nambi and Tessa, um, again, again, Tessa played Sylvie and uh, Nambi played Robert. They had great chemistry and I wasn't mm-hmm. expecting that. And it wasn't like, over the top like it was just like just right (laughs) um and they really embodied their characters very well so yeah definitely bravo to them for like carrying on this love story um you mentioned it was like over two hours long and they did a good job of showing the growth and the sort of the peaks and valleys of their relationship and the decisions that they made um I think again speaking to this is more speaking to the writing but I'm glad um there's something in writing where we talk about you know putting obstacles in your character's way so while you were you rooted for them they clearly had conflicts 
that were in the way of them being together. And eventually they did get together, spoiler alert. Um, but, you know, we're going to put in the description, spoiler alerts, guys, we're going to talk about stuff. Um, so they did a really good job of when they were together, like the chemistry, and then they were apart again, and they grew apart, and then they came back together, you know, the struggles and natural struggles that happen when people have, you know, grow apart, you know, some people get married, some people excel in their career, some people, you know, struggle in their career, some people, when they come back, there's like all these different things that are in play. Um, And there are secrets that are revealed and secrets that change people's life. Um, So it, it was a really good the, the actors did a great job. Uh, shout out to Tone Bell. He played a character that was in the band. I'm going to get his name for y'all again. I mentioned it at the top, but, you know, you just got to scroll. He played Dickie uh, Brewster, who was a pianoist. And he kind of was like, I would guess, a, a low-key antagonist. They find out later on that he's taking a lot of money um, and sleeping with their manager, <laughs> um, who was a, a woman. And so, yeah, so he kind of came through like slyly in the cut. Um, and I think he did a great job. He also rem- looked like Cab Calloway to me. Like he, are, he looked like a Harlem pianist for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, everyone definitely did. Uh, even uh, Reg- Reggie Jean Page, I believe. He's also a, a band member. He plays the character Chico uh, Sweetney. And, you know, he was definitely a player player. Um, and he, encompassed, he, he, he did that he did well. Um, and yeah, I think they did a really, really great job. Um, and forgive me, I want to look up. Oh my God. Oh, is that Lacey? Who played her father? Uh, the actor that played, uh, Sylvie Parker's father, I think did a great job. He owned the record store. Um, and I'm going to look him up. It might've been, I think, uh, Mr. J might have been his name, Lance Rhetoric. We're going to double check that for y'all. But I think he did a great job, breakout role. Um, I also love the actress who played um, her mother. Um, and she did a great job of like showing that not only is Sylvie sort of a little bit sheltered, but she kind of comes, she worked very hard to make her daughter cream of the crop and acceptable to society and bougie. The bitch had a cotillion child. I was like, oh, okay. But she clearly uh, helped bring that societal pressure that a lot of young women felt during that time. And she did a great job of embodying that and making sure she tried to keep her daughter in check uh, through this love story. So um, I actually think they did really, really good jobs. All the characters like really were casting, did great. Um, And everyone had their own distinct voice. You could tell throughout the whole movie. So it did, it was really, really good. Yep, yep. Her father was played by Lance Reddick. Okay, you guys may know him from The Wire. That's not the only thing he's been in, but I know him from The Wire. Okay. He did um, really good. I liked him a lot. So cute. Mm-hmm. Okay. Awesome. So the next thing we're going to go over is plot. So we're really going to get into scenes and different, you know, parts of the story that really stood out to us. So what were some of, like, parts of the story that stood out to you overall? Um, the whole damn thing stood out to me. I mean, I can't even pick 
a favorite movie. I love how they, so in romantic dramas, especially like period pieces, there a lot of them are usually like two hours long because they're showing you um, over a time period, they're showing you like a transcendence. So this is happening over years and years and years, a love story. Um, like The Notebook, which is one that the gals love. Never seen it. I've never seen it. Don't care to. But um, the gals love it. Mm-hmm. And um, so this is, I feel like this is probably, I mean, I've never seen The Notebook from what I know. This may be like The Notebook, but a lot less dramatic. Mm-hmm. The Notebook seemed really dramatic. But <laughs> um, yeah, so it played out. There's different elements of it that remind me of like a period piece romantic drama that's two hours long. So um yeah the elements of that but I just loved the way that it was just so simple like it just felt so simple like they didn't put anything super traumatic in there it's like why we always gonna have drama you know what I'm saying like it was just two people who loved each other had a connection and life got in the way as it usually does and we just watch them you know go through life and grow up you know but still knowing like you know I love that man so um loved that love that we also got to peek into their lives separately so it wasn't just about their love story this was about them as well we were watching them in their own lives just trying to get their shit together just trying to be happy that's that's their book chasing was just happiness Mm -hmm. um as themselves and as a couple so and I liked how it didn't feel toxic. So we see a lot of like toxic love stories that are romanticized. First thing that comes to mind is Twilight. What a disgusting, Check. abusive, yeah. toxic, codependent relationship type of love story. And the fact that the gals were gagged and obsessed over such a disgusting, unhealthy relationship is beyond me. But this is a love story that you can be gagged and obsessed over because it was healthy. In my opinion, it was healthy. I mean, she was fucking with the nigga while she was engaged at first. Mm -hmm. But, you know, it'd be like that for friends. Like, love is, you know, who you love is who you love. And she's obviously engaged to him because of her mama. Mm -hmm. And that's what her mama wanted her to do. Um, So, yeah, I love that we got to see healthy love I love that we got to see them growing up as people separately and then maneuvering through their lives and um I love like the different subplots too so we got to see that um stuff with Dickie Brewster and how Dickie Brewster was like being a little butt nigga being a little shady a little scam mm-hmm. artist mm-hmm. fucking the manager on the side and that's why he was getting all the copyright money and it was just like they were bringing up all these different little plot points and like everyone has stories and yeah, I I loved it. Great. And this all goes into the writing. The writing was just great. So yeah, I have no negative anything to say about the plot (laughs) at all. Yeah, I, I agree with you. I think that they did a great job again of what you were saying, just picking back off like of showing both of their character arcs throughout the whole story and making sure we knew what their motives were, right? They both had different dreams outside of each other. They weren't, you know, wrapped up in each other, but because they had those different dreams and those goals, 
there's conflict, right? And you need conflict for um, a good story. Um, Sylvie wanted, she loved television. Um, she grew up with music, so that's how she connected with Robert. And it was really cute how um, he took that job in, you know, her father's store. Um, more so, you know, because she was fine. He looked at her, he was like, ooh, okay, okay. Oh, who's that? Um, and he ended up, getting the job even though it was kind of a decoy set in um by their mother which i thought was like really random but um <laughs> i was like why do y'all have the sign anyways sure okay um so uh he came in and he got the gig so over the course of the uh of him working there they started to get closer but of course she was engaged so more conflict on top of that there's clearly an un Forbidden love, if you will. Um, but they kept connecting, they kept growing, and the chemistry just kept growing, growing, and growing. So uh, inevitably, you know, they made love. Um, and of course, extraordinary. Okay, extraordinary. It was so cute. And of course, with the music, I love what they did um, with sort of, I forget what it's called. Um, there's a phrase that kept popping up over and over again to kind of signify their love for each other. And it was see a later alligator. And it was based on a jazz song that uh, he saw her dancing to in the store unknowingly. And so it was cute how it popped up over time to kind of be an indicator for the audience. I think that was actually well done because it's a long movie. And so it kind of is a reminder like, okay, there are different stages in life, but they still have that chemistry. They still have that love. They still have that, you know, that corny romantic sort of um, connection between them. Um, I really love the scenes. I think the movie did a great job when, um, when it was two people in a scene. Um, one scene that was, was stood out really, and I think was extraordinary to the acting of, uh, Namdi Asamoah, who played Robert, it was after they had reconnected, um, she, spoiler alert, did not tell him that she actually was pregnant when he left for a gig in Paris. And by that time he came back and the father who had passed away had told him and she didn't even tell him. And so she had actually broken up with her current uh, um, husband at the time, who she was engaged to. And um, he married her, but she was pregnant. And so they decided to get married, raise their daughter uh, as his own, but actually it belonged to the main character, Robert. And the scene outside of her home that she had by herself with her daughter and with him, and he found out that he had a child was like, I don't know how to describe, but the best, I think one of the best scenes I've seen where she was trying to explain to him and being remorseful, like, I didn't want to tie you down from this opportunity. And he was just like, I have a whole ass kid. Like, I have a kid. Like, what in the entire, like, I can't even take all this information in. And it was like, I didn't want to hold you back from this opportunity. And in his voice and in his acting, you could tell he was like, fuck, I have a kid. Like, you know what I mean? Like, fuck. I would have, you know, you could tell in the actors, in the way he portrayed it, he didn't have to say a whole bunch of words. You could tell in his, in the way he responded that he would have dropped everything if he knew that he had a child. And I thought that was just so beautiful. I've also been watching a lot of Paternity Court um, on YouTube for the quarantine. <laughs> so I see a lot of niggas who are like, I'm not the daddy. Ah, they doing all these like dances and shit. Like, where, and it's refreshing to see a man who's like, I have a child. Yes, I want my child. How could I not 
I miss so much of their life. Like this is crazy profound and I'm going to do everything in my power to be with my kid. Cause that's what fathers do. And I love that. I love that, that emotion. And it felt so genuine and it felt so real. And it, it was, it was a very beautiful moment between them. Um, another moment that I thought was great was actually, we were talking about it earlier, but her and her, uh, I guess this time in the movie, her ex, her ex-husband. And basically they were splitting up. She was breaking up with him, but they portrayed in the movie as if he was kind of this machismo, like you're a woman, like you don't, you only have a job just because you want to. I'm moving up in my political career. You don't have to work. Clearly it was something that was very important to her. So she pursued it any way she could, but she found her growing love for Robert again, stopping her from pushing forward in her relationship with her with her current husband, you know, at the time. And in the breakup, he, again, like, had this amazing sort of dialogue back to her where she thought, like, okay, you married me, you did the sort of noble thing to marry a girl with another man's child. And he was just, like, taken aback, like, just so you know, I married you because I loved you. And he, of course, he didn't say it like that. But her reaction to receiving that, like, whoa, he really loved me. And then him also checking her, like, let's be real. Like, I loved you and I knew you were in love with someone else, right? And so it shifted the dynamic of that sort of communication. And I think they did a great job with the one-on-one scenes with the couples. And it, those two scenes stood out to me. But yeah, the whole thing was fucking amazing. Um, definitely watch. So yeah, well done with the writing. It was dope as hell. Yeah, and I want to piggyback off of that scene. I loved how it was kind of like um, humanizing him because before he was being very like stereotypical, like you supposed to be in here cooking me some dinner, you know? (laughs) (laughs) Yes, they're making him very stereotypical, like you know, macho macho man, like breadwinner, breadwinner. What what the fuck is that? Breadwinner. I was gonna say (laughs) breadrunner, breadwinner type roles. But in that scene, we really got to, you, they humanized him. Like, this is a man who loved this girl. You know what I'm saying? And he was, she was saying how she wanted to be the woman that he, that he wanted her to be. And he was like, I'm, I was over here trying to be the man that you wanted, girl. Like, because I loved you. Period. So it was really like, yeah, I loved how they humanized everyone and they gave everyone like, made everyone like multifaceted and com- more complex than we expected them to be and I also there's a scene I forgot to I loved the scene where then this was towards the beginning when they were first starting to like get to know each other and um Sylvie told him or Robert at the record store that she's not gonna see him anymore like that was a mistake after their first date and then they ended up at the party together the birthday party together and there was like that first ting of like jealousy like dang like we really like each other I loved that scene I thought that was such a real realistic very like raw scene I feel like everyone has had that moment where it's like okay bitch like I'm not like your ass like okay so I, I just yeah I thought that was it was just all beautifully written and it was not I mean some people probably thought it was like super cheesy but to me there was a lot of real authentic moments um just between characters they're real authentic uh 
you know, scenes showing real human connection to me. So, oh, her, just great. Just great. <laughs> well done. I can't. <laughs> no, it was, yeah, agreed with everything you said. And honestly, it's really good character building because you have to have well-rounded characters. You can't just have one stereotype. You have to make sure that they have dimension, even if they aren't the main character. So I completely agree. And a great example of like great writing and plot and story. Yes. Um, let's see what else. Um, so we did plot and we did actors. What did you think about the theme? Um, if you thought there was one, because sometimes it's easy to tell and sometimes it's not. The theme to me was was black love, and I I got that, and I stand. Okay, so, we talked about it a lot. It's just it's a it's just display of pure, um, healthy black love, and I yeah I loved it. That was the theme to me. Yeah, um, and I guess also this goes into tone too, which we're gonna talk about next. Mm-hmm. It was very like old Hollywood vibes, so. Yes that was great too definitely portrayed that and that i think you talked about before like down the costumes set design music the way that they talk their dialogue everything was was on point so it was very giving me old hollywood it was giving me very romantic period piece drama it was giving me all the feels all the most like a feel yeah so yes, i i stand everything yeah 110 percent. i agree I, I believe the theme was definitely black love um they did a great job of weaving in their love of music um throughout the whole thing the soundtrack was very well which added to the tone that you brought up um i mean yeah impeccable set design everyone was dressed like chef's kiss like it was yeah very well done beautiful um, and I even like the, you know, again, before I was saying the filter, like it looked like an older camera was being used, but, you know, still with the quality um, that we see every day and uh, in modern movies, I should say. And yeah, it was just good to see. It was good to see that. And it was also good to see the, you know, they did a great job of having that, you know, that forbidden love, if you will, of the chemistry. Um but it wasn't so, I mean, it was some big secrets that were revealed, but they weren't so crazy that it felt traumatic. (laughs) And I was very, very grateful for that. Even when, you know, people's life took a different turn, they were willing, of course, near the end to be with each other no matter what. And that's the kind of, you know, that's the kind of love that we all dream about. Um, So yeah. I agree with you. I think they did a really, really good job with theme. And I love the old Hollywood theme. Um, it just looked so romantic. That added to the romance of it all. Um, so, yeah, totally, totally agree with you. All right. So, yeah, we did theme. We did tone um, all in there. Um, any last overall um, things you want to say we clearly love it if you want to give it a rating you know uh, let's do a 10 you know 10 being the best uh, one being uh, the worst say eight point I'm gonna say nine point five. nice why a 9.5 because I literally cannot think of anything that was wrong I could have been done better. I think everything was done as it should. Um, yeah, it was it was truly a great movie and definitely a must see for sure. Yeah, 
I agree with you. I would give it a 9.5 as well. Um, it was definitely, you know, tugged at the heartstrings as a love drama should. Um, mm-hmm. It really was like a refreshing story of Black love. And to see it, you know, I don't watch a lot of older films, but this felt like a classic Black love film that was already existed. And I, even though I was watching it for the first time, it was it's it felt it felt like that already as i was watching it um so yeah i agree with you 9.5 i can't think of anything else the only thing i could think of was like maybe there were a couple of scenes that were a little bit too long but they really used the two hours well they really did um and yeah it felt it felt really good to watch and it felt good to see black love portrayed in a way that was like that's good it's beautiful. Okay. Yeah. So, yeah, definitely give it a whirl, guys. It's an Amazon yes. Prime original. Yeah. If you don't got Prime, you definitely know somebody who do because that's all niggas is doing is ordering from fucking Amazon during the pandemic. Absolutely. So, go ahead, give it a whirl. Try mm-hmm. to watch it legally. <laughs> and not Okay. So, yeah, Sylvie's Love on Amazon. Please watch. As you can see, Please. love and it's definitely. Um, a good representation of us. Absolutely. Absolutely. The next segment we going into is Niggas You Should Know. Corey, who is your nigga we should know this week? Who is my nigga? Okay, so my nigga is somebody that we've been talking about the whole episode. It seemed like Mr. Rejean Page. Mm. He is Zimbabwean. Ooh. Which um okay in English. Okay. Um he is known for mostly playing so before Bridgerton, he was known for playing Chicken George Ill. In the 2016 miniseries Roots from 2018 2019. He was a regular cast member on the ABC Legal Drama for the People, and now he is known widely all over the world for being um one or the lead main interest in Bridgerton as Simon Bassett, the Duke of Hastings. Mm. So, yeah, I mean, he was also in Sylvie's Love, like you said, playing Chicago, I think, something Chicago, Sweet Me, he's Mona's little fling of things. Yeah, I think it was cheap. Um, yes, I put a little for a second. <laughs> so good. And, um, yeah, so he's he's been doing a little bit of stuff, mm-hmm. and you will definitely be seeing him more. I mean, there's nothing else I can say except for that you'll be seeing him more. He is definitely going to be taking off um, hard as hell after the success of Bridgerton. Um, pretty sure Bridgerton is going to be renewed for a couple seasons. They probably got to get a two season order after this. Mm. Um, so he'll probably be in that until it's done. Oh, and sure. yeah, look out for the mans. Cause like I said, he may be the next James Bond. Which the, the, the gals will be mad for sure if that happens. Mm-hmm. Um, they're gonna be pissed, but <laughs> fuck them. <laughs> so, yeah, look out for my dog, Rejon Hedge. Yes, all right. Well, um, my nigga, you should know we've been talking about him um, throughout the whole episodes, just as we um, talked about uh, Rejon, uh, Lord, I'm messing up his name. Um, the Bridgerton guy, sexy Bridgerton man. That's what we're going on. Uh, Regin Page, I believe his name is. But, um, Regin Jean Page, forgive me. But the nigga that um, 
my nigga you should know, is Anambi Asamoa. And he, of course, played the lead in uh, Sylvie's Love. He was Robert Holloway. He did an amazing job. Um, just like Corey um, said earlier, um, that is Kerry Washington's husband. Um, but, you know, he had, he had a little bit of a career before he met her. But, I mean, you know, you yeah. watched his husband, bro. Um, I only say that because I'm always talking about how fine he is. So, I just yes. need to remind myself that he's Kerry Washington's husband. Yes. So. <laughs> I, yes. Yes. Um, I knew, well, I knew of him because he's actually, uh, well, right now he's an actor, he's a producer, but he was a former uh, NFL cornerback. So I remember him uh, seeing him in some of the, uh, when I used to watch football, um, I, giving commentary on some of the segments and you know how they do that. Um, but yeah, he had an 11 year career. Um, he went to like, you know, well, he played in um, he played in football. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes, and you know he, you know he in the two thousands he was one of the he was considered one of the greatest Oakland Raiders uh, player of like all time. Um, I mean Oakland isn't that great, so let's put that. But I'm sure he did wonderful. I'm sure he did wonderful. Um, he, um, but he transitioned in his way to acting. Um, he had the, his portrayal as a uh, Carl King in the film crown Heights in 2017. Um, he was nominated for a spirit award for best supporting male um, actor. He was nominated for an NAACP award. Um, you know, he also made another professional acting debut in 20, 2008 in the CW network sitcom, the game. I don't remember seeing him, but I believe that is correct. He was a party guest though. Yeah. He probably did not. Yeah. Um, he played Ken Shaw in the season premiere of Friday Night Lights, but that was in season four. So for y'all who follow that. Um, and yeah, he was in a on-screen film debut, Fire with Fire with Bruce Willis, Rosario Dawson, Josh um, uh, Duhamel. So he also co-wrote and produced and starred in a dramatic short film, uh, Double Negative. So he's been acting. Um, not only has he been in drama, but he's also been in comedy stuff. He appeared in Will Ferrell's comedy web series, Funny or Die. Um, the um, Roadside Attractions film, uh, Hello, My Name is uh, Doris. And the fictional version of himself in the Comedy Central television series, Kroll Show, starring Nick Kroll. So um, I didn't know this, but he also worked as an executive producer on a Netflix film called Beasts of No Nation, which I think did really well. Um, oh, yes. Yeah, so he's been acting, and now this is sort of his uh, breakout role. Um, I think he should definitely be considered for awards for this one. Um, yeah, it was wonderful. It was great. And I'm sure we're going to be seeing a lot more of him as a leading role, as a leading male role in a lot of movies to come, whether it's action, romance, comedy. He's clearly shown that he's, like, built a career of range. Um, and... Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if, you know, maybe him and his wife star in something. But, you know, I'm not trying to be all up in their business, but I'm here for it if they decide. I don't like people in her business, Joe. You know, I'm not mad. I am not mad at it. So, yeah, Namdi Asamoa, he is my nigga you should know. Check him out in Sylvie's Love. Um, and, yeah, that is the show this week, guys. Um, thank you for rocking with us. It is episode 60. Look at us. Um, if you, uh, clearly want more, hit us up every week. Make sure you like, subscribe, follow us on all the things. We are on Spotify. We are on Apple podcasts. We are everywhere and everywhere you get 
get your podcast. We are also on um, social media sites. So we are on uh, Instagram. I felt like an old lady right now. Ooh, I was like, what are these social media sites these kids on? Um, we are on Instagram at Tinseltown T. We're on Facebook at Tinseltown T. We are also on Twitter at Tinseltown T. Is that correct, Corey? Oh, yeah, yeah. Yes, we are on Twitter. Um, I don't think we on the um, other stuff. You know, we probably, you know, won't be doing our OnlyFans. Um, I just hear it's a lot of work. Um, I'm not trying to do all that. Um, and, you know, that is <laughs> that is um, that on that. Anything I have forgotten, Corey, the floor is yours. Um, no, that is it. Uh, like Jesus said, make sure that you're engaging with us, showing love. We work very hard on the show every week. Mm-hmm. So make sure that you let us know what you think and how you feel and what you want to see. Uh, it seems like you guys like reviews and we like doing reviews. So if that's what you like, let us know. If you like the educational stuff, let us know. Just let us know mm-hmm. what you think, friends. And yeah, that's about it. Happy 2021. We are chugging along here we chow chugging indeed y'all stay safe stay black and yeah let's let's keep doing our things remember keep writing um trying to stay positive drink water sage your room align your chakras all the things you need to do for you it is shenanigans out here again the earth is ghetto so do whatever you need to do to protect yourself and your peace of mind and all of the things so yeah Mm-hmm. And with that, we'll see you all next time. Peace. Bye, guys. Bye.